Good afternoon, forecasters. This is Michael Hendricks with your Prez forecast for this Sunday, July 18th. Now, I, I do want to apologize right off the bat. I'm, I'm still having issues getting back in the swings of things and, and doing my podcast, but you know, I am doing my best. Uh, today, uh, there's quite a few things that I'm going to talk about that I want to talk about. Uh, we'll see with how much time I have, uh, how much I actually get to get into it. Uh, of course, there's a lot of news going on in the world today in politics. Uh, one of the biggest issues that are going on today is the number of states that are actively trying to suppress the right to vote. Uh, even while they are claiming that they're doing this to protect the right to vote and make sure that there's no fraud going on. This is a long-going thing that Republicans have been trying to do. Uh, in, in reality, they want to suppress the vote as much as possible because historical facts do show that the more people that show up to vote, the better the Democrats do in elections. It, it is only when the voting percentage is down in elections, typically, uh, that we see... Republicans win. And, and I will get more into that uh, when I talk about it uh, with some actual facts and information on that. Uh, of course, there's also CRT, critical race theory. I've, I've talked about this previously. Uh, at this point, still need to keep talking about it because of the number of high-profile Republicans that keep saying that we need to keep CRT out of the schools when it is clear when it is absolutely clear that they don't even know what CRT actually is or what it does. Uh, so we'll be talking about that today. Uh, of course, I am coming back full-fledged uh, with uh, Republicans are dumbasses. This started off as a Ted Cruz is a dumbass segment. Uh, I will touch on him. That is not a good phrase. I, I will, uh, of course, talk about him, but there are several other Republicans that need mention in this Uh talking about Matt uh, Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert. The list does go on and on and on. Uh, but I will talk about the latest dumbass thing that Ted Cruz has said, and I will, of course, talk about the other Republicans that are competing with him to be dumbass of the week. Uh, other things uh, that I will uh, touch on today, uh, because we're... we're starting to get close where people are starting uh, to announce their candidacies to run uh, in the midterm next year in 2022. Uh, so we'll look at a couple of those. Uh, of course, we'll talk about the New York City mayoral race uh, that happened last month. Uh, New York, uh, for the first time, New York City uh, did a ranked voting election and it was a complete disaster. Uh, other states do this and do it fairly well, Maine being at the top of the list. Uh, New York City just doesn't seem to really understand how it works, and so it became a debacle. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, so stick around. Uh, let's see what today has to offer for us, and uh, let's have fun. So, of course, uh, right off the bat, uh, I'm going to talk about elections and the Republican efforts throughout this country uh, to keep people from voting. Uh, they can call it whatever they want, protection against fraud, uh, but has 
but as it has been noted several times since the 2020 election concluded uh, by not only the Justice Department, the Trump Justice Department, and those around him, that this was the most secure election in history, uh, Republican leaders are still kowtowing to the Trump cult who believe that there was widespread fraud and they're taking this as an invitation in many states uh, to do everything they do can to keep people away from voting. Uh, some final numbers have come in on this last election, 2020. Uh, among the voting age population, the turnout among voting age population, which has been uh, tracked since 1828, 62% of the voting age population showed out to vote. Now, to give you an example of how much an increase this was and how many people actually voted, this was the highest turnout of voting of the voting age population since the 1960 election. Again, 62% of those voting age uh, percentage uh, came out to vote. And you have to go back to 1960 to find not only one that matched 2020, but actually um, uh, exceeded that, and that was 62.8% of the voting population. Now, again, to keep this in perspective, the last time that the voting age population, the percentage of people who came out to vote was above 60% was in 1968. So, 1980, when Reagan won his election, 52.8% uh, of the people showed up. 1988, when George H.W. Uh, Bush won his election, just 50.3% of the voting age population showed out to vote. Um, and then in 2000, when George W. Bush won his election, it was at 50.3%, a, a complete, uh, same exact number as his father did in 1988. And then in 2016, when Trump won his election... Uh, through the Electoral College, the number was only at 54.8%. Now, we're not totally looking at re-elections, because re-elections do tend to see that number drop off. Um, again, in 84, uh, being one of the few exceptions where 53.3% of the voting age population showed out to vote, which was roughly a 0.5 percentage increase from 1980. Uh, and then 1996, when Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton was re-elected, that number was down to 49%. Uh, 2004 uh, being another exception where a whopping 5.4% increase came out to vote. And then uh, in 2012, uh, Obama's second election, the percentage dropped almost a full 4% down to 53.8%. But we, we look at the his, historical election of 2020 and just how big that was. Um, the other number that is available, sorry for my phone going off, um, is those who are eligible to vote, the turnout among those. Now, this stat has only been kept since 1980. And this, is, this was the third time uh, of those eligible to vote where the percentage of them showing out to vote was above 60%. This number in 2022 was 66.7%. That 
that is getting up to almost three-fourths of voting eligible people coming out to vote. The last two times that it was above 60% uh, was in 2004 when George W. Bush was re-elected at 60.1%, uh, and then in 2008 when Obama was elected uh, for his first term at 61.6%. So this was an absolutely historic election by any stretch of the imagination during a pandemic and it was secure there was no fraud that occurred so why did i give all that information well to further prove uh to show that when democrats typically win it's because a much larger percentage of people show out to vote and when republicans tend to win those numbers typically come down and with just a couple of exceptions that that was proven out by that data uh so all that to say that several republican-led states have taken the initiative based on the former guy's cult saying that the, the the election was stolen and that it was fraudulent so they've enacted all these new laws to essentially suppress the vote in the name of protecting the elections it's it's a bunch of bs it's clear that it's a bunch of bs uh stick around after this short break and i'll talk about what states are doing this and the true reason that they're doing this now to look at this fully we've got to look at those states that have, that have enacted new laws um to this point uh 19 states no, I'm sorry, uh, 17 states have enacted 28 new laws to essentially curtail voting. Uh, out of those states, three of them voted for Biden. The rest all voted for Trump. So what makes it interesting, we're looking at Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Iowa, Indiana, Kentucky, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, and Utah. Those are all heavily Trump states that have enacted new laws, I, I guess, to make it even easier for Republicans to win those states. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you look at it from a sane point of view, but when you look at it from the insane point of view, uh, those who are fully within the former guy's cult, it makes a lot of sense. You want to make it easier. Uh, for Republicans in the future to win elections. Of those uh, two states that voted for Biden, one being Georgia, one being, or three, sorry, one being Georgia, uh, the other Nevada, and the other Arizona. Arizona and Georgia and Nevada, all very close competitive states in this last election. So, of course, the Republican-led houses in both states want to make sure that that is not an issue when we get to 2024. The, the whole goal, especially in those three states, is to make it, again, easier for Republicans to win by suppressing the vote. So who is actually being affected by these new laws that are enacted in these states? College students who tend to vote more Democratic. People of color who tend to vote more Democratic. Oddly enough, the poor who tend to, for some reason, vote more Republican they've you know there, there's this big myth big conspiracy that was pushed after the 2020 election uh that 
with states around the country due to the pandemic just sending ballots out to those who are registered to vote that somehow that gives people the opportunity to vote twice i don't know if these politicians truly believe that train of thought but those in the cult absolutely do and here's the thing because i i voted by mail in all the elections in 2020 and it is almost impossible to send your vote in by mail and then go in person and vote because all the everything's computerized now so they're going to see that they received your ballot and they're going to tell you you can't vote now if you go in and your ballot's not been received and you go ahead and vote there there's an actual way for them to tell which vote or which ballot they need to accept and if you sent in your melon ballot before the election and then showed up election day to vote the vote from election day is going to be thrown out it, it is really that simple it is an easy process to do but the cult don't care about this they don't understand this they can't grasp that that thought process so they honestly believe that all these ballots being sent out means that cats can vote and dogs can vote and dead people can vote and that's just not how election law works it isn't it is very hard to actually commit election fraud in this country yet because of the misinformation out there the, the flat-out lies that the vote is being suppressed uh, the vote uh, is fraudulent it's it's not a true vote people will stay home if they don't think that their vote is secure when in fact in the united states in 2020 and moving forward it is a secure vote your vote is going to be counted and counted accurately so the latest bit of news on this is in texas uh, where the texas republican leadership uh, in their congress and the governor tried to slide in a whole bunch of new election laws um, one of those that they tried to slide in was making it virtually f free and easy to say i think this election was fraudulent it needs to be thrown out and had this new law been enacted that's all you would have had to done, done is gone to a judge saying i believe this election was fraudulent needs to be thrown out and judges would have had the ability to throw it out without any evidence because remember uh, through all these election lawsuits that uh, the former guy's team brought up, they never provided evidence because they didn't have any. So Texas is trying to slide this in to make it easier to get elections thrown out just because you think it was fraudulent. Uh, that would have had a devastating effect. And here's the thing, it would have affected Republicans as well. So the Democrats uh, in, in, in the state legislature walked out before the election or before the vote could be held and ran out the clock and, and then republicans did what they always do they lied and said well we don't know how that got in there they didn't know how that got in there that was their claim i don't know how this particular provision got in there well you put it in one of you put it in it, it, it's in there because someone put it in it didn't just magically appear so uh the governor uh, uh greg abbott called a special session to get these new election laws passed 
and Democrats uh, did what they had done earlier uh, in the 21st century, and they left the state. They fled the state. They're in Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, and this is a way to keep the House legislature from meeting quorum so a vote can be, uh, cannot be held. And then Greg Abbott went absolutely uh, authoritarian and stated that once the Texas Democrats do come back in the state, it was his goal to arrest them all and keep them in jail until the vote comes so that they can vote on it. That's authoritarian. That's against the Constitution. But Republicans don't care about this. They only care about getting these laws passed so that they think by doing this, it'll make it easier for them to win elections. But here's the thing. They already have in place a way to make sure that they continue winning elections, and it is called the gerrymander. Uh, we just had our most recent 10-year census. Every 10 years when there's a census, uh, district lines get redrawn in states. And unfortunately, even though we had a huge presidential turnout uh, for people voting for Biden to put him into the office instead of the former guy, there were enough Republicans that turned out in, in, in states to keep the state's legislatures in Republican control so that they continue they can continue to gerrymander the states and make sure that Republicans who otherwise could not win an election can easily win an election because they're only running in very red districts. Uh, I've long said uh, that to ensure that gerrymandering doesn't happen, you need to take it out of the human, human hands, human control, and leave it to a computer to do it uh, so that it is fair to both sides. But that's never going to happen. The Republicans will continue to use the gerrymander to ensure that they're winning elections. Um, you look at the past 20 years worth of elections, and Democrats, by popular vote, have won just about every election. But because of gerrymandering, uh, Republicans continue to be competitive in the House. Now, the Senate's a, a totally different equation. But for almost 20 years, through Republican control of the House, through different uh, part uh, time, more Democrats have voted. People have voted more for Democrats than Republicans. So there have been several times in the last 20 years where the minority party, by vote, was representing represented by the minority of voters. And that is something that was specifically written into the Constitution to protect us from. Yet here we are, where we are still being ruled at the national level uh, by those receiving less votes. And that's not how democracy is supposed to work. There's a lot more to talk on this, uh, but, you know, in order to make this, cut this down to one hour, uh, I need to move on. So what I'm going to move on to next is actually the Senate, uh, which is in a 50-50 tie right now, and why though some of the things that Biden has wanted have been passed, one very important piece has not been passed, and it's not due strictly to the Republicans. Stay with me. So moving on to the Senate, uh, and I briefly mentioned it in my last segment about voting. Uh, but the Senate, 
it is a hot mess right now, and it's been a hot mess for quite some time. Uh, currently, there is a 50-50 tie in the Senate, which means anytime there is a tie on a bill, uh, the, the, the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris, is the deciding vote. So that essentially gives power in the Senate to the Democrats. But right now, because of two specific Democratic senators, it really does feel like the Republicans still have control of the Senate. And that is Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kristen Sinema of uh, Arizona. Both of them like to consider themselves moderate Democrat, uh, Democrats. They are not. At least their voting record uh, to this point does not support that. Joe Manchin does have a much deeper record than Kristen Sinema. This is her first term. Uh, but it is very clear that, if anything, they are what would be considered conservative Democrats. And they are very much opposed, for some reason, to the Biden plan. Uh, especially, oddly enough, when it comes to voting rights. There are currently two bills active in Congress right now to make voting easier, which is how it should be. It should be extremely easy for people to go out and vote. Uh, any method that they so choose, whether it is at the ballot box on election day or by mail-in. Uh, there is an argument out there for internet voting. I don't think we're there yet. Uh, the internet is not that secure right now, but uh, for whatever reason, they are very opposed to passing voting rights in this country, and it makes absolutely no sense. They know what's going on. They've seen what's going on. Uh, without, with the current voting laws in place right now, especially in Arizona where Kristen Sinema won, she probably would not have won her election. And it's going to be interesting when she does come up for re-election to see if she does get re-elected uh, by an increasing, at the national level anyways, more liberal voting uh, population. Uh, but with, with everything that's going on, with us seeing around the country these Republican-led states vote, uh, passing these new laws to make voting harder, uh, for Joe Manchin to sit up there and actually demand certain things be done before these laws are passed is just is outstanding. He's making demands in order to get his vote. He, he still very much thinks that the best way to pass these voting laws is bipartisanship. And Republicans, if they've shown us anything over the past two decades, is they do not care for bipartisanship. They do not want to work with Democrats. They will do everything to not work with the Democrats, yet Joe Manchin still thinks it's possible. So he keeps demanding all these different positions before he'll vote on it. And even even laws that do have some bipartisanship to it, uh, he's, because he is, quote-unquote, a moderate Democrat, he wants these things to be paid for before they're passed. And... It's always been interesting that, you know, I saw this quote actually today, and it, it rang very true, that and it was it was authored by Keith Overman, that when you're passing things that cost money, when passing new laws that cost money, but they benefit primarily rich people in this country, they don't need to be paid for. But when you're passing new laws that are going to benefit the vast majority of Americans who happen not to be rich, or even close to being rich, suddenly you need to have a way to pay for it. And 
part of this process and, and, and why some of Joe Biden's uh, priorities have gotten passed and some aren't there yet is the filibuster. Uh, Joe Manchin still believes in the filibuster, but currently the way that Senate is set up, whether Republicans have leadership or whether Democrats have leadership, the filibuster doesn't mean anything. Um, the Democrats have changed the filibuster to get uh, Obama nominees uh, passed through. Republicans, in turn, changed the filibuster to make sure that they could get the Supreme Court justices that the former guy put up uh, could get passed through. For the voting rights, here's a simple fact. It should not be. It should not have to be filibuster proof to pass new voting rights. Uh, the Supreme Court has shown that they're willing to tear away at the Voting Rights Act from the 60s. They've done it several times. They just did it this past week. And it, it should not have to be filibuster proof to make sure that everyone's right to vote is protected. I don't know why we're here. Uh, this was my fear when we did get the 50-50 uh, tie that Joe Manchin specifically would be the wrench in the system to keeping some of these things from going through. Was not expecting this from Kristen Sinema. Um, I honestly thought that she would play more on the Democratic side than the Republican side, but she is very much showing that she is with the Republicans on most of these cases. Uh, in fact, when uh, the, 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 the latest uh, law to go into effect that really helped Americans coming out of this pandemic, uh, she didn't even bother to show up to vote. Um, she is what I like to call Republican light. Uh, she doesn't like a bill, but she doesn't want to vote against it because she doesn't want held against her. She just won't show up to vote. And then she's not doing her job. Uh, that's really all I wanted to say about the Senate today. I don't even know how long this segment was. Um, because it is angering, it is frustrating uh, to see the Senate deadlocked over voting rights laws that, that should be passed to help protect the right of every American that is eligible to vote to be able to vote. Um, coming up next, uh, I'm going to move on to a little quick segment over the critical race theory uh, CRT, which will kind of fold into the lost cause of the Confederacy. Stay here. Now, I know in the last few episodes I've said a lot about uh, critical race theory, but unfortunately it needs to keep being said. Uh, Republicans keep bringing it up because I, I truly do believe that when it comes to next year's election, they are going to try to run on CRT. Um, we'll, we'll see if they actually do and if they have success, but they're running on a very dishonest uh not surprisingly, uh, way of talking about CRT. And uh, that is, has a lot to do with a, a lot of new laws passed again uh, in the country, banning CRT being taught uh, in public schools. And here's the thing. You really only see critical race theory being taught at the college level, and it's not most colleges. It's, it's typically more elite colleges. This all goes back to the uh, uh, the 1619 project, uh, which 
did have some of its flaws, uh, but the the main point of the 1619 project was that the history of the United States really began at that point when slavery was brought to the shores of the, the British colonies. Uh, and that has been a, a real point of contention uh, with the more conservative members of this country. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure when critical race theory was brought up as this big bad uh, boogeyman uh, for conservatives. Uh, but it, it is very clear from listening them talk to about, uh, listening to them talk about it, uh, whether they are members of Congress or members of state legislatures, governors, uh, or far right uh, media uh, people. It, it is very clear they don't have a even a vague understanding of what CRT is or where it's it's actually taught. Uh, again, it is taught uh, specifically in colleges. It is not something that you really ever see in in a pre-K through 12 setting. But the, the basics of CRT, uh, critical race theory, it is just an effort to give a full rounded history of the United States. Uh, for most of this country's history, when we talk about social studies, uh, in the educational system uh, up to 12th grade, it's more about making better citizens of this country, which if you're teaching civics, perfectly understand. Uh, you want, we want our young people when they graduate high school to have a, a basic understanding of how the Constitution works, how our government works, and how they can be better citizens. But when it comes to U.S. history, world history, uh, if you're not teaching all of history, you're not teaching history. You're, you're teaching a very basic part of history. And when you are completely ignoring the bad parts, specifically for U.S. history, you're ignoring history in, a, in and of itself. Now, when I was growing up, world history was taught from a European perspective. It was not a true European history. We, we t I remember learning about Egypt, uh, which was uh, one of the first uh, civilizations, real big civilizations. Um, learned a little bit about uh, China, but not a lot, and learned almost nothing about the civilizations uh, in India. Uh, the first time I really learned anything about uh, Indian history uh, or uh, Southern Asian history was when I got to college and when I got to the upper levels, junior and senior level uh, courses is when I first started learning about Indian history. Uh, but as the years have gone on, we've, we've seen a real refocusing of world history that if you are studying world history, you're getting all of world history. You may have to take it in different classes and different gears, but you will eventually get a full look at all of world history. The European focus of world history has, has now been limited to a Western Civ uh, history, uh, where it talks about their role. Um, so while world history is being fixed, we look at American history and, and how it's trying to be fixed by including all of its history because 
I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to those who think that for the past 200 some odd years uh, of American history that it's all been rosy, that nothing has gone wrong, and that is just not the case. Slavery being the biggest thing. And when we look at U.S. history and look at those parts of U.S. histories that have been ignored or forgotten, it is almost all to do with people of color and their contribution to American uh, history. Um, and how they were kept down throughout American history. The Tulsa Race Massacre, since I'm from Tulsa, uh, is, is a big piece of that. Uh, a lot of people did not learn really anything about the Tulsa Race Massacre until the last maybe 10 to 15 years. There are other massacres that happened during that time period that are also completely forgotten because people don't want to talk about it. It makes them uncomfortable. Uh, here, here's the thing. When it comes to, to any type of history, but specifically American history, if it doesn't make you uncomfortable, if parts of it don't make you uncomfortable about what has happened in our past, then you're not studying history. You're studying a baked-down version that seeks to only show the good part of American history. And that's really all that C CRT is. But... A lot of the states, a lot of states have now put bans on teaching anything that can be considered critical race theory. Uh, in, in Oklahoma, it is now completely banned. Uh, and to the point, um, this has happened in the last week, that if a teacher is found to be teaching critical race theory in their history classes, they can now be stripped of their license to teach in the state of Oklahoma for teaching true history. In Texas, uh, it, it has gone to the point now where their ban on critical race theory that is currently going through will completely erase Martin Luther King Jr. from the history books. And this is directed specifically at the minority uh, population of our country. There's nothing wrong with CRT. There's nothing diabolical about CRT. Again, if you don't study all of American history... And this goes out specifically to the politicians who apparently did not. If you're not studying all of American history, then you're not studying American history. You're studying, studying the part of American history that means more to you. And that, of course, excuse me, that, of course, leads me right back uh, to the Civil War and the Confederacy. Simple facts with the Civil War. It was over slavery. Uh, slavery is mentioned several times. Uh, in the, in the uh, Confederate Constitution. States' rights is not mentioned at all, except that states don't have rights when it comes to slavery. In order to be in the Confederacy, you had to come in as a slave state. Uh, the South started the Civil War. They're the ones that took the first shot. And the South lost the Civil War. Uh, and it is not until the early 1900s, after... The release of a movie that became very popular in the United States, Birth of a Nation, that the movement really began to start honoring the Confederacy. Uh, that is when statues started going up. That is when race massacres happened. That is when attacks on black populations started. And then you move on to the 60s, and that is when the battle flag of the Confederacy, of not the Confederacy, but a battle flag used in the Confederacy, began popping up all over the south that is when a lot more of the statues were put up uh, for those confederate soldiers 
It has never been about honoring the Confederacy, in my opinion. It's been about showing people of color, this is where you came from. Because in the South, even to this day, uh, a lot of racist, a lot of white people don't see people of color as being equal to them. And it is that heritage, if you want to call it that, that came from the Civil War, from the, the Confederacy. And it, it, I think it, in my opinion, I think it all stems from that, trying to continue to honor the Confederacy as some noble goal, when there was nothing noble about the Confederacy. They split from the United States because they were afraid they were going to be told they couldn't own slaves anymore and they wanted to preserve that so in order to preserve that it seceded from the United States to form their own country to keep slavery alive and because of that legacy because people still honor that and, and you know it, it's always been interesting to me that, that the people that argue the loudest about participation trophies continue to honor a country that no longer exists that, that got the biggest participation trophy ever. They lost the Civil War, they lost their status as a separate country, and their only other uh, thing they could do was to become part of the United States again. They got a participation trophy after losing the Civil War. But, you know, as long as they continue to fight CRT and continue to save that the Confederacy was about something that was not, we need to keep fighting against that. Those of us who care anything about history, anything about the trials and tribulations of people of color in this country, and, and women, um, you know, until we see each other as, as equals, we're going to have to continue fighting this fight. I, I think at this point it may be too early for CRT to be peaking, um, that I don't think it's really going to be an issue in the 2022 midterm election. I could be wrong. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, but at this point, I think by the time we get to next November, uh, the CRT fight will be nothing more than a memory. All right, more to come. So I'm actually going to to uh, pop this segment in a little bit earlier than I like to, or that I usually do, not so much like. Uh, this usually goes towards the end of my episode. Uh, but it is the Republican dumbass of the week. There were several contenders for this. Uh, Ted Cruz is always near the top. Um, uh, there were several of uh, Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene who suddenly are, are trying to do campaign events in California and can't find a place because every time, once the organizers of the place that they've chosen find out who's actually going to be doing the, the event, they cancel it. Um, but... My winner this week for Republican Dumbass of the Week uh, is no other than Lauren Boebert, um, who is affectionately called on Twitter Qbert, uh, because she is a big believer in the QAnon. Uh, just a little background on her. I know I've talked about her before, but just as a refresher, uh, this is a woman who dropped out of high school, uh, attempted to get her GED three separate times before getting... Uh, before getting it on her fourth attempt, right before she ran for election. Uh, still not clear how she was able to pass it, um, or what her passing grade was. Um, but she is clearly not working with all her faculties. Uh, at one point this week, uh, she, 
Uh, and, and honestly, I don't know why Republicans continue to go after uh, AOC, uh, Ms. Cortez from New York, because this, this woman is a very intelligent woman, and going after her with really lame attacks just doesn't work. But uh, Bobert decided to go after um, uh, AOC, um, having to do with government entitlement, um, and and how how she wants entitlements to end. She wants all this to go away. Uh, that if people really want to succeed in America, they just need to pull up uh, their bootstraps and get to work. And we all know that that's just not possible in this country the way it's set up right now. Um, but I, I, here, here's the thing. Th- this is a woman uh, who gets federal uh, health care from the government because she is a congresswoman. So she gets free health care. Uh, she gets a paycheck from the government because she is a representative and during the pandemic, her bar that she has in Colorado uh, requested and received a handout from the government to keep the bar running. So this is just a case for Lauren Boebert um, where it's do as I say, not as I do. Because she has clearly uh, benefited from uh, government handouts, but she just doesn't think anyone else should be able to get them. Uh, not only that, she has gone on Twitter several times, not this week, not just this week, but uh, in months past, and questioned the intelligence of people. And, you know, you want to question the intelligence of people, that's fine, but you, you've got to understand that they do have a comeback for you every time you do that. Uh, just to remind you that you are a high school dropout and it took you four times to get your GED. Um... She, she really sees herself as someone who can, can piss off liberals and, and regularly calls them snowflakes. And, but, you know, nothing that she does really pisses off liberals. Most of us, most of the liberals I know, anytime her name is mentioned, immediately laugh. Because she's an embarrassment. Uh, not only to Colorado, but to this country. This is what happens when people who don't know what they're doing had no idea how government actually works has no idea how the constitution actually works gets elected and starts lecturing people on how things work and it is very clear that they don't know what's going on if they don't have any clue they're ignorant and Lauren, Lauren, Lauren Bobert is one of those ignorant people um, she is up for election next year uh, I know that she already has opponents on the Democratic side that are going to fight each other out to see who, who wins that. Uh, but depending on turnout, again, uh, everything hinges on turnout. Uh, depending on the turnout, I, I think she's going to lose. Um, I, I just I don't think she can be reelected. I could be wrong. We look at Ted Cruz, who no one likes, but continues to be reelected. Uh, we look at Lindsey Graham, who had a huge un, uh, unpopular side of the electric in South Carolina. He ended up winning by double digits. Look at Mitch McConnell, who had an approval rating in his home state of under 15%, yet was somehow able to win his election by double digits. So, uh, as long as the Republican base uh, continues to want to elect these people that just embarrass them, they'll continue to elect them. That's just how it's going to be. 
So this was a rather short segment, but it's just once again to highlight uh, the dumbasses on the Republican side of things. Um, and this week it was Lauren Bobert's time. Ted Cruz, I haven't forgotten about you because you haven't forgotten how to be a dumbass. So I expect you to show up uh, again sometime. So this was a relatively short week, uh, well, short uh, podcast. I usually try to like to get it around one hour. I felt about, uh, I don't know how long the segment's going to be, segment's going to be, but I, I felt about 10 to 15 minutes short, which is okay. There's a, still a lot going on. I didn't really get to touch on all of it. Uh, sometimes I just forget what I'm planning on talking about uh, because this show is completely unscripted. Uh, that's the way I prefer to do it. Uh, when I do go scripted, uh, just listening to myself in the past when I am unscripted, yeah, there's a lot less ums and uhs, but I also just, I, I sound bored as I'm reading my script. So I try to go unscripted just to kind of see where it flows. Uh, today it flowed well enough for me that I got what I think is a good episode. Uh, but just uh, f for one final thing, um, please, if you have any interest of uh, being a patron of mine, uh, please do so. Uh, that helps me uh, in getting better accommodations to do my podcast. Uh, it also allows me to change locations from one part of my apartment to the other. Um, it, it, it never seems to fail. When I finally do decide to do a podcast, there's a lot of noise on the outside um, that causes me to stop and pause and, and go back and delete and restart. Um, so yeah, if you want to be a patron, um, hit up my the, the my site. Uh, and that site is, of course, uh, patron.podbean.com forward slash Michael Hendricks 03. Again, that's patron.podbean.com forward slash Michael Hendricks 03. Uh, you can pledge anything you want to. Uh, the more that's pledged, uh, the better I do. The, the better uh, I can uh, get better accommodations as I stumble over these last couple of minutes. Um, Currently going through summer camp uh, as a teacher. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. We've got two more weeks left. Uh, get a couple of weeks off and then school for the 2021-2022 school year begins on August 19th. Um, kind of looking forward to this year to see what it brings. Uh, but of course, it comes with a little caution as we go back uh, to covid it uh, looked like we had finally hit the downslide of COVID and, and things were looking up. Uh, as a teacher, I don't have to wear my mask in school anymore. That could all be changing soon as the new Delta variant is sweeping its way through the United States. Uh, right now, it's mostly affecting those who are unvaccinated. Uh, I myself am vaccinated. Um, but, you know, if the numbers keep going up the way they are going up right now, we're going to have to shut down again. Uh, and, and that's why I always say when I talk about this, believe the science, not what you read on Facebook, not what you read on Twitter, not what you read on websites. Uh, because these people that are fighting so hard against vaccinations, uh, they do have a motive behind this. Um, the vaccine is safe. The vaccine works. I've gotten both my doses outside of having a 24-hour uh, six spell after my second dose. I've had no side effects. Uh, magnets do not stick to me. Um, the radio chip uh, that supposedly was implanted apparently is not working on me. 
uh, because I'm not getting any commands uh, from Bill Gates uh, or anyone else. Uh, so I say that jokingly, but the vaccine is safe. Uh, please do yourself and those you love a favor uh, and get your vaccine. Again, it is your right not to get your to get the vaccine. I, I just hope uh, that eventually you do if you're still on the fence. Um, if you're not vaccinated, uh, please do. Uh, keep wearing your mask in public. Uh, if you are fully vaccinated, consider still wearing your mask. Uh, it's totally up to you. Um, you know, going back to last year, uh, we saw we didn't see a flu epidemic in this country. And part of that was kids weren't in school for most of the flu season. Uh, and even when they were in school, they were wearing masks everywhere and keeping social distance. Uh, everything was being cleaned um, uh, every time it was used. So we did not see a flu epidemic this past year, which kind of proves that masks do mask and social distancing and closing things does actually work in keeping a virus down. Uh, so that's all I have for today. Hope you all have a great week. Uh, and we'll see you again sometime.